listeners to episode 17 of the Empty Rooms of Gorski Manor. Go to the library. Find the book. All will be clear. These words were shared from the knowing in our last episode. And our Fellowship of Three has just been joined by a new companion. We are now four. As we all stood up from our joining around the lovely table of the seance, I felt a familiar swell of tears and sadness overtake me yet again in my aging years. So much has been lived, not as much lies ahead. My eyes filled quickly, causing one teardrop to fall and land upon the table. I watched as it splashed, as if in slow motion. I must be honest, I do not understand these moments. I have lived a life so far as many others have, filled with good times, filled with sad times. Dear ones moved on, others have passed, gone forever in this life. The regret and grief never quite is over. All I can do is ride the wave of these emotions. When they rise to the surface, I remember, cry, yearn for who and what was, waiting until the surge passes, hoping and finding what is now in the present moment a distraction until the next time. Expecting the shadow watcher to leave us, there he stood, silent, yet waiting. He lifted an arm to the lantern, still burning bright, and with a flourish, dropped his hand to his side, releasing an audible, heart-wrenching sigh. Immediately, another car dropped from the lantern and landed in front of me. I picked up the tarot card and looked to its face. The beautiful card was filled with much imagery. The number nine in Roman numerals drew my eye first at the top. Two runes, Isa and Gifu. Isa, rune of the hermit. Gifu, rune of the partnership with one's higher self. Nine pentacles were piled to one side. Competition, release, forgiveness, and final rest on this earthly plane. An Alaskan Malamute dog, the only dog I had so long ago in my life, sat comfortably with a crow upon his head. The sun full and bright in the sky, with a beautiful maple tree on a hill, and a butterfly with two budding branches. There is a quietness of spirit within these images, 
the energy of comfort and completion flowed into my hands. Am I ready to let be what is to be? Thank you, I whispered to Shadow and this room. Feathers and Simon looked at me with a question across their faces. What should we do now? I felt slightly uncomfortable. Shadow's presence casting an odd energy over our group. He does keep on staring. Yet I saw a connection to the stairs, too. A room of many spiral stairs flashed before my eyes. How curious. These connecting threads, always so very interesting and telling. I considered how I felt as I looked at the tarot card. Well, the more the merrier, as they say, I cheerfully laughed. A releasing sigh came, too, to break my tension. Staring shadow watcher of the stairs. I felt I wanted to repeat it over and over again, like when we were looking into a mirror, when we were children trying to scare ourselves. Staring shadow watcher of the stairs. Staring shadow watcher of the stairs. Staring shadow watcher of the stairs. Oh well, on to the library. The library of Gorski Manor. A library can be a very creepy place with many dark shadows and the stories that live within each book. Do any of you know where the library may be? I asked my companions. Yet with the asking, Shadow began to move in his most unusual, unnatural way. Without any visible movements, he just floated. White spider still sitting upon his head. That's going to take some time to get used to. He floated to an inside door within this room. And then he passed right through it. Oh! We all said in unison as we quickly rushed to follow him. Us having to open the door, which gratefully was not locked. Thank goodness Shadow did not move very fast. He was only a little ways into the hallway so we followed him easily down into another short hall covered in black and white photographs of many, many people, each sitting on a ladder-back chair, each within an empty room, all staring intently at us as we passed. The hall turned left, then right, then split into two directions of which we went right, then right again, and right once more. I was totally twisted and honestly lost. There were no windows within these halls, only closed doors, so very disorientating, to say the least. Shadows seemed to have an inner light to light our way, which we were very grateful for, so as not to be here in total darkness. And then, 
after yet another turn, we saw the door way at the end of this hall. I knew right away it was special. The hallway itself expanded, the ceiling moved higher, and the walls stretched outward like open arms, welcoming or gathering us within. I couldn't help to look to Spider on Shadow's head and sensed a web, a web cast to gently pull us in. But into what? Shadow again did not stop and flowed right through the door, which itself was magnificent, deep, richly polished, carved with a book tree within its wood. Twisted branches reached out to the edges of the door, all holding books. Stacked along their lengths, small branches holding them firmly in place with gentle care. Lovely leaves of different trees adorn the many branches, feeling like rows of different thoughts remembered upon each shelf branch. A large doorknob of polished amber curled in the most unusual fashion. Shadow's glow was fading fast as he was now behind the door, the hallway turning to inky blackness. I quickly grabbed the doorknob, twisted it firmly as feathers landed on my shoulder. She hissed in my ear. What? what? Why? I, I mumbled as I tried to stop my motion to pull the door open. But it was too late, and the door opened with a loud rattle as if many chains were released. A musty gust of wind hit us hard, escaping from within the room. Something totally escaped. I don't think this door has been open for a very, very long time. Inside, we could see shadows stood before us, waiting. Feathers, I whispered to her. rub it off, but no matter what I did, use my shirt or a little water, it would not come off. It looked like a very ancient tattoo. You have been marked. Feathers said with such a sigh. Simon came over and pulled my hand down to look at it. <laughs> Mistress, yes, you have, you have been marked, he whispered with excitement. Why, what does it mean, I asked them, getting a little concerned. 
I looked up and Shadow was right in front of me, which made me catch my breath and surprised. He, he too, reached out to take my hand and look at the mark. He cocked his head in that way he does and looked again deep into my eyes. Oh, a bond has been placed upon you, a purpose, a pledge, an oath has been agreed Oh, not again. I couldn't stop myself from whining as I thought about the rabbit clock task I rather got schnookered into and haven't even yet completed. Granted, I am, I'm not complaining about it. It's been truly my pleasure to help the ghosts and spirits within this manner and very satisfying to unravel the clock mystery but before i had the choice i didn't have the chance to agree to whatever this is now all i did was open a door <laughs> mistress much time the agreement was bound as you agreed to open the door, Simon explained. But why didn't you two warn me quicker? I asked them, rather hurt that they had not protected me. If they had known... We forgot. We forgot. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and we forget and you. And we forget you. Yes, manor. to the manor. Ah, sorry, mistress. They both said in apology, looking at each other very sadly. But it had to be mistressed. The door would not have opened, if the library had not approved of you. Heather said, trying to make me feel needed. Well, all I could do was take a deep sigh and walk into the library. Now, as we slowly walked within the library, I inhaled another deep breath of awe. It was nothing more than magnificent. I stopped in my tracks, staring at a sight I have never experienced before. The term library does not express what I saw before me. Books, books and books and books on carved wooden shelves at least three flights high. Beautiful hurricane lanterns hung everywhere upon the walls, from the ceiling, on tables, and the railings that lined the circling balconies on the walls. Candles burned brightly within the cobalt blue glass of each and every lantern. The floor was this time covered in huge black and white squares of marble. 
Three spiral staircases twisted up the three flights, books also stacked upon each step. One large staircase in the center of the room flowed straight upwards, up to a large stained glass window of many patterned clear glass, just like the ceiling at the grand entrance. Many rolling ladders hung on the shelves, and individual tables with ladder-backed chairs were placed around the room. High above, within corners and nooks, were dragons of stone, I think, sitting on ledges, all looking down at us, and then the blue crystal hairs. So many circling the room, all of the same cobalt blue color of the lanterns, each facing and gazing up towards the window. What is your request? I heard someone say. I looked at my companions, but all looked as surprised as I. came again. I caught a movement on one of the balconies. It slowly swung its legs as it sat between the rungs of the railing. It pushed its head through the railing, and we could see it was Rabbit. He started to laugh really loud and heartily. Obviously, he enjoyed the shocked look upon our faces. Rabbit! I called out. Took you long enough to get over here. He sang, jumping up and over to a spiral staircase, quickly hopping down and over to stop not too near us, his posture ready to run if our meeting was not received well. Rabbit, it would have been nice to see you once in a while. Maybe give a little guidance, I said with honest concern and disappointment. Oh, Bodhiho, you have, have done very well on your own. Quite a group you have collected, he stated as he looked over to Feathers, Simon, and even Shadow. You, you, you need to go up. There, but, but beware, someone guards the stairs. (laughs) He shared, slowly pointing up towards the window. Now that we were closer, I could see, I could just see a table at the top of those stairs. Something gold glimmered upon it in the candlelight. As I looked at Rabbit, I felt something was odd. I couldn't put my finger on it. On the first step, a candelabra of three blue candles waited. I walked to the candles and took hold of it. And then I knew there were no shadows. I looked at my companions, the tables, the chairs. Nothing here cast a shadow. 
the library was empty of shadows. Feathers flew to the top of the stairs. With three great hops, Simon followed her. 
They stood there together, at the top, side by side. Then taking paw and feather, I watched in amazement as they transformed, coming together, growing, weaving together into a woman. What is this magic? Escaped from my lips, running my fingers through my hair in total amazement. They did not answer as this new image became clearer and clearer. One side of her, white, long hair and gown, a shawl of white feathers over her shoulder, her sparkling gray eye that I could see so clearly, and a gentle smile of warmth looking down at me. Her other side was black, long hair covering most of her face, a face of bone, yet her gray eye too peering at me through the long strands of her hair. She widened her smile and sung a song. She cast no shadow. stairs rested an old gentleman, a large red apple within his cupped hands. She beckoned me to join her, and I immediately started up the stairs. When I reached the old gentleman, he handed me the apple. I took it gratefully and smiled with my thanks. I reached out to help him stand up, but he refused gently. I couldn't help the frown that crossed my brow, not understanding his refusal. Yet I left him and walked up to meet Hella. I knew it was her. The equal balance of black and white, the casting of no shadows, Her care for the dead does not need to be frightening or terrifying. Just balance. What is the right balance for each of us? As I got near the top of the stairs, in one flash I found myself back down at the bottom step. What enchantment is this? I was eager to speak with her as she has called me to her side and has been patient with me. I started up the stairs again, still holding the gift of the apple from the old gentleman. As I came to him again, he smiled his encouragement, but his eyes held sadness within. I looked up to Hella, and she still held her hands out to encourage me to come to her. Again, I continued to climb higher. This time, 
pausing on each step to sense the enchantment that I knew awaited me. I reached the fifth step from the top, then the fourth, and once my foot touched the third step, I again found myself back at the bottom. I felt a great sadness in my heart, a great disappointment and confusion, yet there she stood, hands still beckoning me on, only her gentle, crooked smile upon the white side of her face. I felt so alone, even though my companions were all here with me. But are they really? Has all this, here in Gorski Manor, just been my imagination? Oh, I so hope not. That feeling of sadness, betrayal, disappointment overtook me. And I could not stop the tears starting to flow, and that ache within my throat and heart surged and caught my breath. Oh, it is so easy to cry, way too easy. I looked around for Shadow. He stood by a spiral staircase, half hidden by the pillars of books. He stood there silent ever watching. I looked into his black eyes and felt the knowing. My eyes seemed to be pulled up the spiral of the stairs. I followed it, round and round, up to the balcony. Then the pull continued along the path, circling the room to the corner and then through an archway that connected to the top of the main stairs, to the spot where Hella stood, waiting there under the grand window. <gasps> Could I go up there? This new way? By a different path? A deep message rose in my heart. Change your path if it is not allowing you to progress. Don't get stuck on the way that should work, but find the way that does work. <gasps> oh, I glanced up the stairs to Hella and the old gentleman. They both remained in the same places, unmoved as before. With apple in hand, I made my decision. Not looking back, I walked over to Shadow and the spiral staircase. Upon reaching it, as I looked up its metal rungs and banister of black iron, I saw a rune, the rune, woven within the design. Manas! Oh, with this realization, something was opened. I looked to my palm and saw it there burning red, telling me I have found the way to go. So much sharing flooded into my knowing from this discovery. I found my eyes drawn to the many ladder-back chairs within the library. There too was Manas, carved within the wooden workings of the back of each and every chair. 
my eyes darted to the balcony railings. Manas there within the wavings, and to the arches between rows of books. Manas, manas, manas. And then I looked to the stained glass window behind Hella, and there was manas woven into the lead holding the glass pieces together. Manas, the rune of my sovereignty, my understanding and companionship with my higher self, my purpose understood, my acceptance of this purpose and commitment to it, comfort and joy with companions dear, enjoying the time when our paths come together, united the same way for a time. I looked to the apple in my hand. As I looked closer, I could see carved upon the stem the rune manas, me partnering with this token from Hela, an apple from her great orchards of Helheim, a lovely place she protects and tends for all the souls that have passed. I understood this deep connection to Gorsky Manor, this place of the in-between, a stopping and resting place, a time to remember, to understand, to decide on the next leg of one's eternal journey. My heart swelled with gratitude and excitement for a mystery that has become clear. I still remember how confused I felt at the bottom of Hella's stairs. I began my climb up the spiral stairs. I could feel the energy change. I could smell the energy change. A most delicious scent of herbs and the unknown clearing me as I moved from the bottom floor of the library, rising upward to clarity. I topped the stairs easily and made my way along the balcony, through the arch and over to Hella. She turned slowly to look at me, holding out her hands. I held up the apple and offered it to her as I reached her. She took it and took a bite, then returned it to me. I followed her lead and took a bite too. I gave her my trust. As we all know, all know too well, the stories of a poison apple. There are times when we have to have faith. I gave her my trust and chewed the apple, which was sweet and soft. I could feel its energy flow into my heart as I swallowed it, and I knew I freely accepted the task she has set forth for me, a gentle task of telling. She turned, and I could see behind her was Rabbit, 
hiding under the rabbit clock table from the main hall. A lovely poppet of the red of apples and the balance of the checkerboard sat upon the table that she lifted and offered to me. Around its neck was a white stone with the rune manas upon it. I accepted the gift thankfully, and then she was gone. Feathers and Simon sat in her place, still holding feather and paw. Rabbit jumped out from under the table and <laughs> laughed. <laughs> now it's time to find the book, complete the clock. The end is here, twist and shout. Oh, apples, red of time, they be hanging from Hella's tree. Blessings and hugs to you, dear listeners. <laughs>